Hello, welcome everybody. Uh, Rob Scott from UC Today, and here we are again for another Microsoft Teams monthly update with leading Microsoft expert Tom Abuthnot. Happy New Year, Tom. How are you in this new decade? Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, time time continuing to fly. There was a, it was a quick start to the year with lots of news already. Indeed, indeed. So today we're going to delve into another Microsoft Teams update. So, Tom, what is top of the list today? Yeah, so the first thing is actually out of CES, which is interesting because that's not a traditionally enterprise show. Um, but what it is, is Lenovo have a range of enterprise products called ThinkSmart. And they've released a new a device that I hadn't heard much about, actually, ThinkSmart View, which is, it doesn't really have a name. It's a new type of form factor. But essentially, if you think about it as a, the form factor of a Google Home Hub or an Echo Show, i.e., an Android tablet standalone device that can do Teams video, audio, and, and desktop sharing, present desktop sharing. Um, so it's kind of an IP phone, but without a handset, uh, which is a whole new form factor for enterprise. Yeah, that's interesting because I didn't see that coming either. I, I, I was looking through the Microsoft uh, certified portfolio today, and you know, there's nothing in there that really looks just like it. And as you say, it's not really got a name. Uh, it's kind of like a almost like a portal by Facebook as well, isn't it? That kind yes, of yeah, same same concept. Yeah, I, I called it a personal video endpoint on my update because it's not designed really for a conference room or a big space. Um, it's it's kind of like you're a, you're a fancy executive and you want a video device off to the side, or maybe you're a home worker and you want a nailed on experience that doesn't take any dependency on laptop or booting your computer or whatever else. It's just uh, one one use device. Um, or maybe a literally a two-person huddle room that are both sat around a table, you know, a tiny table. You could probably get away with it. But like, it's not a conference room device. It is a personal device, really. Yeah, interesting that they brought that, you know, or Lenovo uh, have led with that product. So, uh, yeah, interesting use case. As you say, executive use, homeworker use, I can see that. And it's running the, you know, it's running the app, isn't it, that Microsoft, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's the legit certified device. So it runs the open source Android, which Lenovo will obviously install. And then on top of that is the Teams IP phone app, if you like. So the same app that runs on the IP phone or the yeah, you didn't have a video phone, same app. And you, it has Bluetooth. So you can pair either, there's a Lenovo uh, headset you can pair. So it's 349 without the headset, 449 with, but you can pair any headset via Bluetooth as well. Yeah, so it's not ridiculously expensive either. You know, when you compare that to some of the IP phones that are in the marketplace today, uh, yeah, priced. Oh, I think it's a, it's a really interesting price. I mean, that's list as well, so it'll probably go down from there. Like Lenovo have a good reputation of solid hardware. They obviously have this form factor tested in the Google range, so the form factor is slightly different internals, and it's more expensive than most devices because of that. Um, but actually, I think the surprise use case here might be homeworkers because laptops and device updates and drivers and home pcs and stuff can be tricky to support remotely if you need to guarantee their audio video experience as a home worker you know that's not going to be doing an antivirus scan you know it's not going to have local driver issues just a known quantity um, and also when you're a home worker often you're jumping between things moving your laptop around that will be a nailed on single use device and we'll see how it goes yeah and also potentially even an office you know, desktop IP phone replacement where, uh, you know, the handset and curly cord aren't required. Yeah, yeah. And Poly have released a, 
a space station, I would call it, like a handset without a handset. So they've come up with that concept for audio, but they haven't done it for video. I think that's it. If you had a private office, it'd be quite nice to answer the speakerphone, if you like, with video. I mean, that's another way to look at it. It's a fancy video speakerphone that also shows you content. So, yeah, I think it's a form factor we'll see more of. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, great. Let's move on to the next one. What's next on your list? Yeah, so uh, next on the list is the Forrester Total Economic Impact Study for Teams Voice. Uh, now, I always take these with a fairly liberal pinch of salt. I mean, they're commissioned by Microsoft. Um, Forrester say, you know, they're independent, they get to write whatever they want, and they have editorial control, but obviously they are endorsed by the vendor who pays for them. Um, but I think they're still worth a read. What's interesting is it's specifically targeting teams for voice so as a phone system so not thinking about collaboration not thinking about meeting just straight is there a return on investment of using teams as your phone system as opposed to another ip phone system okay so you know we see a lot of these reports and ultimately they have been paid for or endorsed or sponsored by the brand and this particular one as you say is on the on the phone system element of microsoft teams so what's its purpose is it to help build that business case you know for in microsoft business voice for example yeah very much so so i mean it's it's for people internally partners and microsoft to be able to wave around an independent paper that says someone has done the maths here of uh, a customer a you know, i think they they use a kind of combined uh, customer case of 5000 user organization looked at the cost of traditional IP telephony, looked at the soft benefits, the hard costs, and done the maths. And literally, you know, there's a table of costs and an associated ROI. So, I mean, the way we at Modality often use these is like, well, let's even assume it's like 50% uh, over-optimistic. Like, it's still a set of numbers we can use to start to put some quantity around money you could potentially save. And it's a really good way to start the conversation about, let's look at your existing incumbent costs and where you could either increase productivity or save money so i wouldn't say it's like defending the individual numbers but as a concept it's really really useful okay was, were, was there any kind of headline you know key points that you'd like to kind of yeah i think the big thing is uh we've had these obviously through skype for business and, and link they, they mostly make their use case up based on comparing against traditional IP telephony, your Avai, your Cisco approach, and how much money you could save by bringing that world together into a single platform for conferencing, voice, and collaboration. So if you've already got Skype for Business, this is less uh, less relevant in terms of you've already got some of the savings and some of the benefits. You've centralized your IP, your system, you've got one system, you've maybe put it all onto uh, SIP trunking, for example. Um, but if you're more in the space of you've got traditional IP phones, multiple PBXs, then it's really nailed on. It's, it's your typical stuff. You're paying a lot of maintenance. You have two systems to manage. You've got two people managing them. Uh, telecom costs are higher if it's you know decentralized. So nothing revolutionary, but nice to have it all in one paper. Yeah, so it's ultimately trying to quantify those costs. You know, saving time, saving co you know costs attached to kind of telecoms usage and that kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, the, the nice thing they do is they they put the qualified costs like we've actually put a number against it and then they box out the soft like we've improved the user experience everybody knows that's true but you end up in an endless argument about does that save you 50p a day or a pound a day like whereas if you just like well we know these are unquantified benefits but let's look at the hard costs it's often an easier conversation to have with procurement for example 
Absolutely. So a handy document if you're thinking of moving to Teams, uh, certainly worth looking at. You can grab that from tomtalks.blog uh, as, and you can just click the download and without even filling out a form, you can open yep. it up. Yeah, it's all there and open to download. Great stuff. Okay. What's next on your list? Yeah, so this is the uh, the last big thing for the month. So Microsoft did a blog post where they came up with a list of lots and lots of new features. And the central theme is around, we were talking about this before, frontline worker, first-line worker, that, that scenario, Teams features that will specifically help that vertical and that scenario. Great stuff. And we've got seven features, haven't we, that you've picked out this you know that we haven't you know mentioned before you said these are seven new features yeah microsoft padded out the blog a bit with lots of stuff that also is relevant to first line that already exists but there's seven genuinely new ones uh, first and most interesting is uh, push to talk or walkie talkie uh, and they they've actually teamed up with samsung so samsung have a phone coming out called the galaxy x cover pro uh, no idea where that name comes from but it's a proper durable enterprise android smartphone so the idea is you would issue these smartphones to your workers and they have a dedicated button for push to talk so i don't know internationally if this uh, this relation uh, this example travels but it's your jd sports can i have a pair of trainers in size six yes i can um why is that better on teams well the the, the premise is it works over wi-fi it works over GSM, it works over secure, it could work over different sites. So you don't need a radio network or proprietary solution. You can just go and get these stock Android phones or even use bring your own device and all be part of that same push to talk scenario. Yeah, it's a good one. I love the name walkie talkie. It just takes me back to when I was a kid. But uh, push to talk, I think, is probably the more kind of modern name for Yeah, I don't know if walkie talkie is international. It definitely works in, in Europe, but I don't know if that's a thing internationally. Okay, well, you know, previously, in my experience, it's always been a kind of specialist kind of solution as a kind of debt solution or yep. kind of Wi-Fi solution, but it's always been really expensive and, and never very well integrated with the, the PBX platform and certainly not the collaboration platform. So this is quite a nice solution and potential uh, plug for that kind of use case, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably a cost saving. And, and again, it's it, it, this is we talked about early or late last year, Microsoft having dedicated teams to verticals. So they're spending time, literally they have full timers on each vertical, spending time in that space saying, well, how could we use our technology to solve your problem? And this is obviously one that's bubbled up to the top. Like we spend X on all these radios and all this networks, it's all proprietary, or we could buy you know a few hundred dollar Android phone, bring your own device, and get the same experience. I think it's quite an interesting one. Very niche for that vertical, but interesting. Well, and, and Microsoft obviously see a, you, you know an opportunity there uh, as well with Samsung. So, uh, will it be licensed? It, will, will it be free, or would they just need to buy the devices? Yeah, it's a good question. I would I would imagine it to be uh, built into your licensing, so no additional cost for the feature. Um, we have seen some features Microsoft try to put a some kind of premium charging on, but only really for um, emergency notifications or urgent notifications. So it doesn't say, but I would expect it to just be bundled in, particularly because first-line worker is very price sensitive. Okay, okay. Let's move on to the next one. What's the next uh, new yeah. feature? Number two is uh, the new task experience in Teams. Uh, th this has been talked about a little bit before, but we got a bit more detail. Um, the the punchline is really 
a centralized way to manage your to-do list in teams to delegate tasks that kind of thing so again you can imagine in a, a first-time worker environment people turning up and having their list of things to do as a tick list in their one application that also is how they communicate is also how they do their push to talk got it so is this essentially the microsoft to do but it's now called microsoft team tasks yeah kind of they're bringing together uh, planner which is the kind of enterprise planner but not as big as project uh, right. so kind of like a trello compete sort of thing then they've got their to do the wonder list kind of to do type app they're bringing those things together into teams into a single experience that's the goal got it very nice very nice indeed okay what's next on the list uh next is what they call off shift controls uh, and this is interesting because actually i was having a conversation with uh, a customer um just before christmas around this and this is about limiting access. So that customer had an ability to cut off email access during holidays. So they would physically, I guess by, by policy, the start of your holiday, your email access got shut down and it would boot back up when you came back from holiday to stop people working on their breaks. And, and in certain markets, I think France is coming in, it's becoming in a regulatory requirement. Um, so this is the same type of concept in Teams where they'll be able to not, have you sign in if you're off shift uh, and the idea is like if again let's, let's stick with frontline worker if your boss is sending tasks out and you don't start your shift till 10 but you're there at nine o'clock if you get given a task does it feel like you have to do that as a worker because your boss assigned it even though you're not working is there a, a pressure to work outside your paid hours that's the philosophy of the the kind of legislation so this way you can't literally be given a task until you're on shift Okay, got it. So it's not been designed for my wife, uh, you know, to stop my stop me working while I'm away on holiday and things like that. <laughs> no, no. Although if she gets the policy, she might be able to enforce that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's an interesting one to get your head around when you're, you know, you you guys do what you do, and I work in the knowledge work space. We're used to jumping in and out irregular hours, and that's part of the benefit of Teams in some ways of being able to control your own schedule. And this is a different use case to that. It's like, you know, kind of an authoritative, let's let's stop people being, you know, potentially pushed to do things beyond what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's compliance ultimately, isn't it? It's, uh, it's labor regulations, so. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's a regulatory requirement. It will tick the box for those businesses using it. So yes, we're doing, we're following the regs. Okay, great stuff. Let's go on to the next one. So we've got SMS. Uh, sign in tell me more yeah this is nice and easy to understand so uh let's say you've got workers that are um, shift workers first line workers in and out of your business they bring their own device maybe they work for three or four businesses or their contract or whatever they they are unlikely to remember their password because they work for you once a week on friday and um, what this is is uses uh, they log in with their phone number could be their personal phone number or a number you assign to them, and they will be SMS a one-time password to log into their session. So they don't have to remember their password. They will just get it sent to them during sign-in. And you see this in some of the modern web apps. So uh, I signed up for a task management app called uh, Notion uh, a couple of months ago, and that's how that worked as well. It emailed you the password every time so you didn't have to remember it. So it's a new concept to kind of save that password hassle for first-line workers, really. Yeah, makes good sense. Uh, I'm not sure which way the industry is going. Are we ultimately going to move away from SMS or are we going to move away from email or are we just always going to have both? So, um, yeah, it's an interesting feature. It makes sense. But uh, again, it's just accommodating that other option, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, SMS is the the, the most common denominator in that. Like, particularly, I don't know what the numbers are, but you definitely hear anecdotally like, 
the younger generation don't have email or certainly don't check email. They maybe have a college email or something, but everybody has SMS because everybody has a mobile. So it's the one thing you can guarantee pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it makes good sense. Okay, let's move on to the next one, delegated user management. Tell me yeah. more about that one. Yeah, so this one goes kind of hand in hand with that issue, actually. This is, uh, so at the moment, you have to be an Office 365 administrator to manage users and password resets. Uh, in the fast-moving retail or first-line worker scenario, again, it's a pain because people forget their passwords all the time. They only work once a week. So if you didn't go down the SMS signing route or that wasn't for you, this allows the store manager, area manager, whatever person to take the responsibility for password resets. And that's what the, that's the delegated bit. It's delegated from an Office 365 admin to a, a more local person that's responsible. Um, and they don't have full admin over Office 365. They just are able to do the tasks they need to keep their workers working, basically. Yeah, I can see the you know, practicality of that feature. Uh, certainly, if you've got you know IT that are only working nine to five Monday to Friday, and you've got you know a retail environment that works all weekend, so yeah, yeah or you you know you're rushing around a store and you can't be on the phone waiting for a password reset to log in to get your tasks for the day. Like it's just too slow. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Great stuff. Okay, last but not least inbound provisioning from SAP success factors to Azure AD. That sounds quite complicated. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that complicated. So SAP success factors is one of those uh, kind of uh, worker management type systems. Um, and it's just syncing identities between that and Azure AD and therefore Teams. So if you use that as your uh, kind of human resources management platform, they can automatically provision Teams users. Uh, this isn't, I mean, this is just API stuff. It's not particularly amazing, but again, it's like, here's a platform that lots of first line use will make the integration all work seamlessly so that you can just do it with one click. Great stuff. Well, that makes perfect sense. And, and, and certainly the more we bring these worlds together, the easier things are going to get. So uh, great news for anyone using success factors by the sounds of things. Uh, okay. That's uh round this up with a you know what's coming up uh uc summit 2020 uh our virtual event is going live any day now so 20th of january if you're watching this after the 20th of january you can log in at ucsummit.com it's free to register it's open for 90 days it's a fully on-demand experience uh showcasing all the industry's best content in a video format so it's kind of like a netflix experience uh and we're really excited to launch this the first time and we've got some really great content being rolled out and being curated from around the industry. So, Tom, uh, you've been kind enough to join in on, on, you know, with the UC Summit. What do you think so far? Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. We've pre-recorded our session. Obviously, we did a, uh, a Zoom versus Teams versus WebEx type session where we had a, a bit of a debate between some, some other uh, people in the industry. So that was really fun. I, I love the concept. Like, we, you know, you and I go to many events, but often you end up wandering around, talking to people, networking, catching up. You don't hit all the sessions. So I love the idea of having an online resource that I can dip in and do one session every now and again over 90 days have it all on demand no travel expenses all that kind of thing. i think it's a really good idea great so well thanks for the feedback and uh yeah we're, we're hoping it's going to be a success uh we've got lots of brands involved and lots of good people involved so uh yeah really looking forward to the launch date and this is next on the list is an interesting one that we've got another event coming up tell us about that one tom 
Yeah, so uh, in April, there is a, a, a big two-day event called Commsverse, a Teams-focused uh, conference, uh, and I'll, I'll be speaking at that. But as a warm-up to that, they are doing a, uh, a free event in the actual retail store in Oxford Circus, the, the Microsoft retail store. Uh, so <laughs> quite interesting venue to have people and talk. And we're going to do an evening there where we're going through, uh, I think there's three speakers doing Teams-related sessions. Um, but literally in, in the retail space, shut down for the event. It'll be really exciting. Yeah, re really interesting location. Uh, love the idea that it's in the Microsoft store. Great fit. Oxford Circus easy to get to uh so yeah we're looking forward to hopefully getting to that event as well uh and warming that uh you know bigger event which is as you said is in april it's at the mercedes center is that, is that right yeah that's right yeah it's a really nice venue i did an event there years and years ago and it's a it's a great space with lots of good activities and stuff and i've i, I know the guys who are organizing it and there's all, all the usual sponsors you'd expect but they're working really hard to make it proper audience focus session so it's not a troll of marketing sessions it is proper technical content proper customer experience proper you know people that know their stuff across the board so i'm quite excited about that event yeah really looking forward to that and you see today again we'll be on location reporting uh, on the event so if you don't get to the, the event you can potentially pick up on some new stories afterwards so uh so that's about it for this month tom uh we'll see you again next month for another Microsoft Teams uh, monthly roundup, I'm sure there'll be even more to talk about, given that uh, we've only really just kicked off the year. So do you predict anything? Is anything coming up that you think might be in the next update? Or uh, Yeah, it moves, it moves so fast. It's interesting. I think, I think we'll continue to see this vertical focus. So there's also focus on healthcare. Um, I think th those features will come as well. The, the big things for 2020 are really the meetings and the meeting room space and Microsoft pushing a bit harder on telephony. So that Forrester thing is an asset where they've spent some time saying we need to push Teams as a telephony platform, remind people it's not just Collab. Um, and certainly if you look at the meeting space between Cisco, uh, Microsoft and Zoom, this cooperation and uh, huddle space kind of battle slash friendship will be really interesting through 2020. So I think that's going to be a hot topic that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, as you say, the UC collaboration battleground will continue to uh, develop and bring to, bring us some good, interesting stories, I'm sure. So yeah, there's always yeah. stuff to talk about. Yeah, that's, well, Tom, thanks again for your time today, and we'll look forward to seeing you again. Thanks, Great, for thanks, Rob.